Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And in my study of the book of Colossians, I became impressed once again with how much information concerning Jesus is actually found in the whole book, but in chapter 1 in particular. So what I'd like to do in this episode is spend some time just examining five verses from that chapter. Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 through 19. Here's what the passage says. And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Here Paul describes the greatness of Christ by telling of his authority and of his very nature. Contextually, he presented this information to encourage the Colossians and us to be loyal to what they knew to be the truth about Jesus. Just looking at these five verses, we can break down Paul's discussion of the greatness of our Lord into four categories. They are first, what he is like, second, what he has done and is doing, thirdly, the position he occupies, and fourth, his superior place of authority. Let's begin with what Christ is like. In verse 15, we see immediately that he is the image of the invisible God. That kind of immediately brings to mind the King James translation of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 where we find that Jesus is the expressed image of his person. The idea is that when we look at Jesus, we are seeing the completeness of the personality and divinity of God. When Jesus entered the world, he came showing the glory of the Father and to reveal what God is like. This truth cannot be more eloquently stated than it is in John chapter 1, verse 14 and 18. In verse 14 we read, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Moving on down to verse 18, we find, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Brethren, Jesus told the apostles in response to a question from Philip, He who has seen me has seen the Father. He then went on in John 14, verses 10 and 11, and explained what he meant. Jesus said, Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. 
As we've already seen, no man has seen God at any time. Since that is the case, God has made himself known through Jesus, who is like the Father in all aspects, completely personality and absolute divinity. We can know certain aspects of God simply by looking around us, by marveling at and appreciating his creation, through which is revealed the magnitude of his power and glory. Paul called it his eternal power and divine nature in Romans 1.20. But creation alone does not make known his whole character. We can learn about God's character, about his nature, by learning about Jesus. My friends, knowing God, that is the most important knowledge we can gain. In fact, our eternal life depends upon our knowing him. Jesus said in John 17 verse 3, And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Our eternal life depends upon our knowing God, because it is by our knowing God that we are motivated to obey him and to keep from sinning. Consider 1 John chapter 2, verses 3-5. through 5. John wrote, And by this we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. From And from... 1 John chapter 3 and verse 6 we find no one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. I want to make this point as strongly as possible. The very height of human existence comes only through knowing God. Look at how this is stated in Jeremiah chapter 9 verses 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. And let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declare the Lord. This is what Jesus is like. He is the radiance of the Father's glory and the exact representation of his nature, as we are told in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Secondly, what has Jesus done and what is he doing? Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 tells us that he created all things, and then goes on to explain that all things means all things. Look at how John began his gospel in John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. That tells us that Jesus was with the Father in the beginning of creation, has the divine nature of the Father, and created all things. By stating that Jesus was the beginning of creation in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, Paul was not teaching us that Jesus was a created being. What he was teaching is that Jesus was the one who activated the beginning. He is the source, the beginning of creation. Jesus was not the first one created in the beginning because he is before all things. He created all things and was with the Father when the beginning took place. 
Verse 17 of Colossians 1 tells us, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That is amazing. Now we've already read part of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, but let's go back and read a little bit more. The verse says, And he is the radiance of his glory, and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. Let's put some things together here. In Hebrews 11 verse 3 we read, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. My friends, the word by which Jesus created all things is the same word by which he holds all things together. It is that word that reserves all things into the day of judgment. Considering 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 5-7, through 7, Peter wrote, For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But the present heaven and earth, by his word, are being preserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Jesus has demonstrated the power of his word, which is described in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, as living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, by creating all things through it. Because of this, how can anyone fail to have confidence in that word? He can do what he has stated he will do. This is what Jesus has done and is doing. Let's turn our attention now to the Lord's position. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 tells us that it is not only the fact that Jesus created all things, but also that all things have been created for him. I want us to consider another passage together. It is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 21. That passage says, And if you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay upon earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. The Father desired the exaltation of Christ, which was planned before the creation. Jesus was to be glorified through this event. His being honored above all others was predetermined to be brought about through his death for the salvation of mankind. We exist for Jesus and not for ourselves. The purpose of our lives is to praise, respect, love, and serve him. We were created for his glory. My friends, Jesus was before all things. He was in the beginning with the Father, even from all eternity. It is really hard to comprehend the concept of a being with no beginning and will have no ending. Everything we see had a beginning and everything will end that we see. Jesus is now in the unseen realm of heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1, which tells us, for we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, 
we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. We can depend upon Jesus for our eternal life because he is eternal. Someday those who have been baptized into Christ and have remained faithful will be with him eternally in heaven. All fullness dwells in Jesus. He is the one who can supply life to come and the very best life for now. Throughout the universe, all are dependent upon him. This is his position. Finally, let's talk about his place of authority. Jesus is the firstborn of creation and the firstborn from the beginning, so that he may have first place in everything. In the Jewish family, the firstborn son was given the place of highest respect. Christ has this position in relation to everything that has been created, not because he was the first created, but because he created all things. In fact, only the Father is not subject to Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 27 tells us, For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it is evident that he has accepted who put all things in subjection to him. The rest of the universe has been placed under him. Even though Jesus was once dead, he is now alive, for he conquered death. He has a position superior to all who have lived, giving him the position of first place. Paul taught the same truth, that through his resurrection and ascension, he was placed over everything, and all was placed under his feet. Death itself could not contain Jesus. He had the power to lay down his life and the power to raise it up again. That's John chapter 10 and verse 18. Through his resurrection, he has assured us that he has the power to raise the dead. No human authority can compete with the authority of Jesus. We are to honor and obey him as our Lord and Master. For no man or angel can rival the Lord. If anyone teaches things that are contrary to the word of the Lord given through his inspired representatives, the curse of heaven rests on that person. Consider Colossians chapter 1 verses 8 and 9. We are told, but even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you have received, let him be accursed. As Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18 told us, Christ is the head of the church, his body. Because of who he is, the church is to respect him as the head. The relationship of the human head with the human body portrays the relationship that exists between the Lord and his church. We who are members of the body of Christ, his church, submit to him as our spiritual head. We can show no other person or group the same degree of respect as our spiritual head, for it is a position occupied only by Jesus. This is his superior position of authority. Knowing who he is, what he has done and is doing, the position that he holds, and his superior authority, what else is there to do but to honor him, obey him, know him, trust him, and love him. Please give consideration to these words, and thanks for listening.